0: wmqa hello and welcome to wmqa the podcast where two best friends talk about comics with the people who make them i'm dan crook and i'm matt lazowitz
1: and this week's guest is a returning wmqa champion here to talk about his upcoming run on marvel savage avengers please welcome back david pepos hey david hey uh thank you guys so much for having me I'm, i'm excited to be on the show
2: excited to catch up with you guys uh you know, and uh, yeah, I'm super thrilled to be talking about Savage Avengers. Um, this has been a labor of love for a long time. Uh, we've been working on this book for, for quite a bit now, and uh, I'm really excited to kind of go into uh, all the all the fun stuff we've got planned. Awesome. Yeah, look at, looking forward to uh, talking
0: about that stuff. But let's start with the thing that everyone really wants to know about. How are Ruby and
2: Bill? <laughs> yeah, uh, for those who who, who who don't follow my Twitter... Um, uh, we we have a, a year and a half old puppy named Ruby, and uh, at her daycare she's got a, a little boyfriend named Bill. Um, yeah, you know I I they they still seem to be very into each other. Um, you know I I feel like they, their schedules haven't overlapped quite as much lately. Mm-hmm. Um, her daycare had a, a COVID related closure uh, a couple months back, so. Um, but the days that Ruby and Bill are there, um, uh, yeah, Bill's a little younger, and uh, they just kind of run around the whole daycare together, um, so it's very sweet, very cute. He's a, he's a handsome boy, and uh, I'm glad that uh, Ruby found somebody that treats her special.
0: <laughs> Man, I, I remember when that started being a thing on your Twitter, and that first day it was
2: just like, who the hell is Bill? Who is Bill? <laughs> um uh yeah no it's you know it's it's, it's very funny um you know if, if you guys don't follow my twitter uh Peposti, I, I I post a lot of photos of, of ruby um our, our little karen terrier um she's my she's my writer's assistant um she's not she hasn't she's still learning the training she hasn't quite gotten my coffee order right uh, but she's very sweet, has a huge personality, and um, I, I, I write to get her kibbles. So um, if there's any reason to uh, order my work, it's uh, do it for the dog, if not for me.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I know that's one of the things that I look for when I'm uh, supporting creators. I'm always doing it for the dog. <laughs>
2: is, there, is there a puppy to feed?
0: Yes. <laughs> um. One, uh, one other thing before we, we start diving into Savage Avengers, uh, I know you've been on a, uh, an exercise in heating healthy kick since uh, the last time we saw you, or maybe even before that.
2: Uh, you're looking great. How are you? How are you feeling? Thank you. Um, that's really kind of you to say. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really well. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things, um, you know, as, as a comics writer, it's very easy to kind of, you know, be a little uh, sedentary. Um, and then, you know, you combine a two-year pandemic in the middle of all that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, gearing up to when we were, when we were sort of getting into a critical mass with Savage Avengers, I kind of had to make a personal choice. Um, and it was, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I could keep doing this for the long haul. And so I, I, I made a conscious choice, uh, you know, really to kind of kickstart a new health journey. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've lost, um guess about 30 pounds um since right uh, since since thanksgiving i started right around thanksgiving and um yeah you know just I, I work out every day um i'm either going to the gym or at least i'm hopping on the treadmill for for half an hour or, um i cut most sugar out of my diet um i i do a cheat night every week because i uh, you know i'm still human mm-hmm. um but yeah you know i i feel i feel good about it um you know it's just one of those things that uh i think it's helped my writing as well, you know, it's kind of helped me, you know, really bring some nice focus to my work. And I feel like, honestly, given the speed that is expected of you as, as, a, as a comics writer, especially if you're writing something uh, monthly, if you're juggling multiple projects like I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, you you want to make sure that you sort of take care of yourself while you're doing that, because you're not going to be able to write anything if you know you don't if you don't feel well, if you don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in certain ways, it's me kind of fully leaning into the freelance lifestyle. Um, where, you know, I, I work out in the mornings and, you know, and I then I check my email and I really don't start writing until, you know, after lunch. But then I write from lunch until, you know, until uh, close to when I go to bed. And so it's, it's, it's a nice kind of routine. Um, and it's one that I think is sort of hopefully it will make me a better writer, a better human being. Um, and if anything, uh, uh, one that will uh, hopefully allow me to outlive my enemies. <laughs> um so um <laughs> uh, so uh thank you for for asking though uh you know i'm super thrilled and um you know it's a step-by-step process um and i, I feel really grateful that I've, I've had the support and people believing in me um that i've been able to kind of just make small changes to my life that i've really started to snowball in in some really exciting ways that that is definitely awesome happy for you there happy for
0: you know you're you're doing savage avengers now you got an you you got a series at marvel uh you know you're, you're one of those creators we've had you on four times as we said and and every time you know bigger and better things and yeah. so uh here we are congratulations you know you know this is like this is like a, you, you just said you know it's like a, a year ago you started working on this but like in a month or so it's going to be real how, how are you know yeah. what's your headspace like right now
2: yeah. You know, so, so uh, for, for those listening, you know, we're talking, we're talking this. this. Um, it'll actually be a month to the day uh, before Savage Avengers comes out. Uh, we're coming out May 4th, um, the, uh, you know, Star Wars day. It's the Wednesday before free comic book day. Um, and, may the 4th uh, be Conan. Yes. May the 4th <laughs> be Conan. I love it. Um, so yeah, you know, it, boy, it's been a real whirlwind. Um, yeah. I've been working on this series uh, my, my my editors reached out to me. It was shortly before the July 4th holiday uh, last year. So a little less than a year uh, at this point. And um yeah, you know, I, I've been in, in in contact with uh with Tom Brave, my, my my lead editor and CB sibolski uh for years. Um, you know, they they you know they CB knew me back during my uh, my, my my comics journalism days uh, back when I was in drama. Um and ever since I've been publishing my own work, I've always made it a point to send it to, to, to people, you know, at the big two. Um, and Tom really kind of took me under his wing a bit. You know, he really, he, he always made it a point to read my work. I really, I really appreciated that. And so, you know, he read Spencer and Locke and Spencer and Locke volume two and going to the chapel and um, the OZ and in uh, Scout's Honor when that came out last year. And uh, I feel like, um, Scouts Honor was kind of, I think really kind of the, the where I started hitting that critical mass uh, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was working with Mike Martz um, who, uh, you know, I would known him from my DC intern days, but you know, mm-hmm. he's a Marvel expat as well. And, um, and Christina Harrington who got her start at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, so I think having Scouts Honor under, under my belt, I think that sort of gave them the confidence to reach out to me. And, and, and so Tom had reached out saying, hey, um, Jerry Dugan's gonna be wrapping up his run on Savage Avengers and uh, we were thinking of relaunching it. Do you have any ideas? And uh, I do remember getting that email um, because for me it was like just pure shock. Um, uh, Ruby pounced on me. She, she kind of <laughs> knew this was a big moment. Um, she, she jumped on me on the couch. And, um, you know, I had this moment of, you know, oh my God, like it feels like I'm being drafted to the Yankees, you know, it's, 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 it, these are the majors. And my first thought was, why me on, on Savage Avengers? And it, it took me only about a minute to realize why. Um, you know, that's the mashup book at Marvel. You know, that's Conan plus superheroes. It's injecting, you know, sword and sorcery into what's inherently kind of a sci-fi world. And I'm the mashup guy, um, you know, if you haven't read any of my work, you know, Spencer and Locke was Calvin and Hobbes meets Sin City. The OZ was the Hurt Locker meets the Wizard of Oz. Uh, even going to the chapel uh, was, you know, diehard at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, uh, once that kind of hit me, I was like immediately like, I have an idea for this. Um, and so <laughs> I think it was, I emailed Tom back within, I think 20 minutes and I said, well, this is just me spitballing um, and I can come up with more ideas, but what do you think about, you know, if we did something that was like Conan versus the Terminator, except it was Deathlock chasing him through the Hyborian age. And Tom was like, yeah, that sounds like something we could work with. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, for the next, I I think over the next like week and a half, um, two weeks, I I came up with my poor editors. I I wrote a 15 page document um, where I was like, here's five different takes we could take, uh, on this series, five different rosters of characters we could use. Here's just a whole bunch of story arc ideas. Um, I think I'd written, uh, I think 10 or 12 different story arc ideas. And I said, does any of this seem viable to you? But (laughs) if you have to choose one, Conan versus Deathlock really speaks to me. And, uh, uh, Tom has been really great um, along with, with, with my uh, editors, Martin Biro and Annalise Bisa. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been really wonderful at sort of, if I'm really excited about something like, oh, I've got a big swing of an idea. Um, they're usually very receptive to that. I think they know, oh, a, a, an enthusiastic creator is a happy creator and one who's going to really leave it all out in the field. So um, I can really count on only one hand, the number of times I've, I've been told We can't do this uh, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. Um, and usually that is sort of something to do with sort of the general traffic grid of a shared universe at Marvel. You know, somebody else is somebody else has plans that might you know kind of overlap this, or uh, this character is being used elsewhere. Is there somebody else that kind of fits that that same role? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you know, the 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 funny part was um, they kind of kept me on, on, on pins and needles during the whole process. There was never a point where I was told you have the book. Um, it was just uh, suddenly Carlos got added to the email chain. <laughs> um, uh, Carlos Magno, our artist on the book, and I remember turning to to, to my partner and uh, telling her, "I was like, so I think I have this book now." <laughs> um, and and shortly shortly around that, I started filling out uh, Marvel and, and Disney paperwork. Um, and so yeah, I've been doing that. I've been working on this series since, uh, like I said, end of June uh, of last year, and um, it's really been just an amazing bucket list experience. I, I've uh, I've wanted to write an Avengers book for over a decade, um, at least. I when I first started teaching myself how to write, um, I did fan scripts, and Avengers was one of those fan scripts. It was it was, it was a it was Doctor Strange, Shazam, and the Avengers, um, and mm-hmm. Spider. And uh, uh, the fun part was I got to take some small, but some small elements from those fan scripts all the way back in uh, 2009. Uh, and they're in this now, you know? Yeah, so, so don't give up on your dreams. Sometimes you can make your head canon real. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's, it's sort of, this, this checks all my boxes. You know, I'm able to do kind of the, the, the genre mashups. I'm able to do sort of the pop culture infusion. I'm able to do some of the fun team dynamics. Um, and I'm doing it with these characters that uh, I think very often when, you know, when we got the, the book first announced, I think there were people who didn't get it. Um, they are like, I, I remember distinctly somebody saying, did, did an intern throw uh, some darts at a dartboard uh, to, to, to pick this roster? And that, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have you know that uh, I got almost all of my first round picks and the, 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 very small handful who I won't, I won't say which are which uh, there are only two that were, there were, there were second picks. Um, so I, I, I came across pretty well uh, for, for this whole roster and it's because they all click together in such an interesting and fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's sort of, we're answering Jerry Dugan's original Savage Avengers roster, you know, uh, which was Conan, Wolverine, Punisher, Elektra, uh, Venom, mm-hmm. uh, and Doctor Voodoo. Uh, we're answering, we're sort of responding to as much of that as we can, uh, while adding a fun sword and sorcery bent uh, with characters like Black Knight and Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so, yeah, it's 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 fun watching these characters bounce off one another. And I think as readers start to to, to, to give this book a shot. I really, I I hope they see it in sort of the same way that like Al Ewing with Mighty Avengers um, where that was sort of kind of a a, a very scattershot at first glance street level cast (laughs) Um, or Rick Remender's work on Uncanny X-Force or Uncanny Avengers. Just these teams that they might not, that you might not understand how they work at first glance but there are a lot of core common themes that they all share that really makes them uh, click very nicely in a team setting
1: and specifically your black knight your anti-venom are yes <laughs> uh, for, for, for anyone
2: who's asking it's flash thompson and dane whitman on my squad uh it, you know it's it, <laughs> i it's funny because uh a lot of people have been asking me that like i was keeping it a secret i'm like oh no guys like i i, I there's, there's no secret keeping here um uh yeah you know there's there's a lot of reasons for that um you know I'm a big flash Thompson fan. Um, you know, I, I knew that he had, he'd recently been brought back in uh, King and black thanks to Tony Cates and, and Ryan Stegman. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that was just a fun opportunity for me, you know, cause I was like, this is a character who he kind of bridges Spider-Man and venom. You get to kind of switch between the two roles whenever it suits you, which that's a character. That's, that's a character that I will always enjoy, uh, uh, writing. And, um, yeah, Dane Whitman, you know, uh, as, as Black Knight. You know, it's funny. I, I Hopefully I'm not talking out of school with this. Um, uh, uh, if the Marvel snipers come. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things. When I pitched this series, um, I you know, I was about as privy to everything going on of Marvel as you guys were. You know, I didn't have any sort of inside sure. scoops on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I you know, Jax hadn't become Black Knight yet when I pitched Um, I I had sort of been given kind of an inkling that there would be a second black Knight when I, when I initially pitched after I pitched the character. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, it was one of those things that I'm again, I can't really speak to any like secrets because I don't know them. Um, But you know, I I would imagine I, I would, I would bet money that there's a plan for, for Jax uh, you know, that some other creator, creators would have in mind mm-hmm. i'm just not the guy um but yeah you know i i felt like, like um dane really fit nicely you know this was pre-eternals you know i figured he was going to get a little bit of extra prominence in, in the face of that movie mm-hmm. but also like the savage avengers people keep asking like well is this like a sanctioned card carrying team um which <laughs> you know if by cards you mean like you know the the, the, the skins of their enemies uh maybe <laughs> um but like you know, it, it was one of those things. As you'll see, like the circ- this is a team brought together by circumstance, um, just like the original Avengers, mind you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, uh, I wanted somebody with that Avengers history. Um, and, you know, Dane. Dane's led the Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's been. I see him as sort of. He's not one of like the core core Avengers, but he's like the king of the B list, you know. Um, I, I, you know, I, I grew up pure '90s trash, uh, you know, and so like I think of Avengers, you know, I think of a guy in a leather jacket and a lightsaber, and so Black Knight, like I was like, I really want like, like Black Knight would be a really cool addition to this, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so yeah, so Dane and Flash, you know, they are very fun characters. Um, Flash might be, I don't try to like, you know, favor one baby over the other, but like Flash probably is like the spoiled child on my, on my team roster, um, just because he's so fond to write. Um, I've said, I've said on Twitter before, you know, like he's a character, he's got a lot of layers to him. You know, he's, he's a, he's a war veteran, you know, he's an amputee, uh, he's a former alcoholic, uh, you know, uh, he's a, you know, high school football star. He's kind of a dick, um, but he's our dick you know, um, and, and, and uh, that's sort of the vibe that I've kind of put on him in, in, in this. And so he's, he's, he's got a lot of scene stealing moments, but um, Dane, Dane, meanwhile, he sneaks up on you. Um, you know, he's got a lot in common. I, I, I always try not to annoy my editors by, by bringing up the, the distinguished competition, but he's sort of, he's the Ted Cord of the group in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he's, he, yes, he can hold his own in a fight, but it's his brain. That's the real weapon here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so count on him to sort of pull a couple last minute saves out of his, out of his helmet. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's a very, he's a very fun character. Carlos Magno just drew, uh, I think it was last week, uh, a page with Dane that I have been like, I'd been building up towards for several issues and he pulled it off magnificently. So, um, Yes, we we're not wasting any of these characters. They are all going to have something really fun planned for each and every one of them.
0: Right on. And, and speaking of Carlos, you know the um, head of of FOC. Uh, there was like a five page unlettered preview that went out, and there's one page that I want to call out. Uh, cloak <laughs> is is central to the page, and you, there there's all these like faces or, or souls or whatever in his in his cloak, sort of outlined, and all the characters around him are screaming. Um, it's a badass page. Like, it it really
2: looks awesome. <laughs> Carlos does an incredible job with Clover. Um, you know, I feel like you know, anytime you do an ensemble book like this, there are going to be characters that you gravitate towards more naturally. And you know, for me, um, you know, Conan was the character I knew the least. You know, I I I, I grew up steeped in the Marvel universe, um, <laughs> and so Conan was the thing I had to do a lot of research on. Uh, Carlos, on the other hand, is like a Conan super fan. Um, he was, he, he had been dying to draw Conan. So this, like, you you see every time that Conan's on the page, like, you see Carlos light up. Um, but his take on Cloak, my God. Um, I, if, if that's not the coolest that character has ever looked, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it, it's gotta be at least, if it's not the coolest, it's gotta be like a top three. Like, I, I, I struggle to think, of who does a better job um, with Cloak and especially interiors. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny Um, that page in particular, I was kind of like, you'll, you'll understand it more in context. Um, But uh, yeah, it was one of those that I was like, it's sort of a precursor to the whole team coming together. And so I was kind of like, all right, how do we show all these different characters and all these different spaces? And I was kind of like, Cloak feels like the conduit for that. Um, you know, he's got such a cool, interesting visual to him. Um, something that Carlos and I talked about early on was I was like, hey, remember Spawn? Think of that with the cape. Like, we're, gonna, we're adding, we're adding a, a, some new dimensions to, uh, to, to Cloak and Dagger. We're really exploring their powers a little bit. And I was just like, his name is Cloak. Like, I think we can get away with that cape being prehensile. Um, and so there's a lot of fun stuff that Cloak is doing. Um, and that cape kind of has a mind of its own almost. Um, uh, and, and Carlos does a really exceptional job at portraying that. So yeah, I feel, like, I feel like Cloak is probably second only to Conan in terms of like the amount of love that Carlos puts on that page. But um, keep an eye out on Anti-Venom too, because Carlos has a take on that. Not just on the agent anti venom design, which we'll see a lot of in this series, but um, that iconic John Romita Jr. Uh, anti venom, uh, the monstrous feral version. Carlos has a really crazy, unique, beautiful take on it that I, I was like, yeah, you can't listen, you're never going to out John Ramita, John Ramita, you know? <laughs> um, uh, and so he's taking sort of his own spin on it in a, such a cool way. Um, so I, I, there's a lot there's Carlos is, I, I couldn't be more grateful to work with someone like Carlos and I couldn't be more impressed. Um, you know, that, that casting was all, uh, Tom Brewort and, and Annalise Bisa and Martin Bureau. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, he hadn't been on my radar. Um, and seeing the, the pages coming in, I was like, my God, like, he's got this style that's very, I I say it's, it's uh, Phil Jimenez by way of Brian Hitch. Um, You know, he's got sort of that, he's, he's got that very detailed ornate style, you know, in, in sort of the George Perez lineage, just like, like Phil does, but the scale, the weight, the muscle behind it feels pure Hitch. Um, And so it's really the best of both worlds. And it's such a perfect fit for this series. Um, You know, I think uh, the, the, you know, Jerry and and Patch Zercher, especially, um, you know, who who drew the majority of Savage Avengers in the the previous run, they left some huge shoes to fill. And I feel really confident knowing that we have an artist who he can go toe to toe with that, um, with that legacy. And uh, I think Carlos, he couldn't be a more uh, gracious and wonderful partner to work with Um, you know, especially, you know, he's, he's, he's worked in the Marvel machine before Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm still finding my feet. And, um, and so he's really just a lovely human being to work with. Um, I can't say enough good things about him and he's just absolutely crushing the series. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to know that I'm in good hands artistically. Um, and that sort of gives me a lot of, uh, it gives me a lot of inspiration to really throw some crazy stuff at Carlos because I know he can pull it off. That, that is
0: awesome. And uh, just want to make sure we're shouting out the rest of the team too. I, I can't remember if I've seen, who's the,
2: the colorist and letterer you're working with? Yeah, so, yes. So we're working with uh, Espen uh, Gruntagerm. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing Espen's name right. I'm sorry, buddy, if I'm not. Um, but uh, yeah, Espen uh, worked with Carlos on uh, the recent Kang, the Conqueror miniseries. Okay, uh, okay. So they've worked together before. Um, so they've got a good dynamic. And then um, Travis Lanham, um, is our letter on, on, mm-hmm. on the book uh, big shout out to, to Travis uh, uh, we, we've he and I have not actually interacted uh, one-on-one yet but um, uh, I, I write a lot so I he deserves a shout out uh, for making all of my copy fit um, and then yeah like I said you know um, working with just a really stellar editorial team Tom Brevoir, mm-hmm. uh, Annalise Pisa and Martin Bureau um, you know <laughs> t- Tom will probably pro- probably uh, uh, not be happy about with the compliment, but I just want to give him a shout out because that man, I swear, is like an editorial Jedi master. That's really the only <laughs> way I can describe it. Um, you know, I, I I think like 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 many people, you know, you don't know what the machine is like on the inside, and so it could go any sort of way for you. You know, um, and I think having an editor like Tom means it's really the the best possible experience. Um, I, the, the moment that the light bulb kind of clicked for me, uh, you know, I sent up a fifteen page document uh, with all of this, and he read it and he went through it and he put notes on it and the notes were really well well considered, and 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 thoughtful, and I was kind of like, oh, like it would be so easy, with a workload like Tom's, to say, eh, this book's a statistic you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and instead he's been really just an invaluable creative partner on all of this. And he's given me so much latitude um, and really encouraged me to swing for the fences with all this. And at the same time, you know, when I need a little bit of a a nudging off the guardrail, he gives me that gentle nudge. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't say enough good things about working with this team. Um, It it really is um, the best possible experience I could have hoped for with this um, and uh, I, I hope that the final project um, and the final product really reflects that uh, because yeah, we're playing with sort of, we're playing with toys in the Marvel universe that if there's one thing that kind of unites the Savage Avengers besides their their struggles with their dark side, because I think mm-hmm. that's something that every single character in this roster shares. I think it's that they're characters that more or less haven't, haven't quite gotten the love the from the popular fan base that I think they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's, don't get me wrong, there are pockets of fandom. Uh, You know, my my anti-venom fandom, my Black Knight fandom um, are some of the most vocal people behind this book. Uh, Electra fans, I I love them. Um, But, you know, I feel like they're all destined for the big time. Um, And so by by playing with these kinds of toys, we get to do things that, again, you know, I love Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, you know, the core Avengers. Jason Aaron's doing a fantastic job with those stories. But I think we're able to kind of do some crazy stuff that you might think twice about doing with, like, sort of the, the core of the A-list. We're mm. kind of able to do some stuff that, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I... I Hopefully I'm not talking again of school. Sorry, Marvel Snipers. Um, you know,
0: <laughs> I haven't I, seen that red dot on your forehead yet. So
2: <laughs> when, I, when I asked for Cloak and Dagger, for example, uh, I wrote down in my, in my cast roster, I said, Tom, if you turn down every single person in this roster, please, I'm gonna go to the map begging you to let me have Cloak and Dagger. Um, they, those were, they were in my original fan scripts um, as Avengers. Um, I think they are the pinnacle of untapped potential in the Marvel universe. And uh, I remember being told, "Yeah, nobody's got any plans for them. Go for it." And, um, and they had a those... TV show just a couple of years ago, <laughs> I, you know. And 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 but that's the thing is like there there are characters that they're not always somebody's favorite, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the the goal with Savage Avengers, just like uh, Al Ewing's Mighty Avengers before it, which I really see that as a big touchstone for this series. You know, mm-hmm. when I when I first heard about that series, you know, I was a reviewer. You know, it was, I, I, I didn't know who Al Ewing was. Um, you know, it was Greg Land uh, on art and I'm trying to remember what event that it was tied into. I know there, I know- uh, Otto It was Octavius. Infinity. Yeah, it was Infinity, that was that's it. Um, you know, uh, Otto Octavius was Spider-Man. You know, he kind of stuck around for a couple of issues. Mm-hmm. But I remember, you know, on paper, I was like, I don't get it, you know. Um, but thank goodness I read it. Um, because it really, it, it. first off, it made me into an Al Ewing fan. Um, ever since, but also I was just like, Oh yeah, these characters, like it does, not you don't need to know the characters. You'll get to know the characters. Um, mm-hmm. you know, continuity, I think sometimes can be double-edged, you know, um, there's, there's so much history you can play from, but sometimes it can be seen as like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know this character and I don't want to, I don't want to have to spend the time to get to know them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, somebody actually asked a really good question for, for, to me on Twitter about this. Um, you know, like, oh, I, I'm a DC fan. Like, do I need to know, like, Marvel history to get into this? And the answer is no. Um, you know, pretty much w- we try to guide you through all the relevant exposition as needed. But beyond that, the heroes really are kind of who they are on the tin. You know, um, Elektra is the new Daredevil. Um, you know, she's, she's running around with Matt Murdock. Um, you know, anti-Venom. You know, he's a guy who's wearing a goopy alien symbiote. Can kind of switch between Spider-Man and Venom. Black Knight's a night you know, uh, he's got armor, uh, you know, cloak and dagger, you know, light and dark powers. They, 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 they teleport, they throw light and blasts people and a uh, weapon H he's half Hulk, half Wolverine. There's not much more you need to know. Um, <laughs> and it, for me, it's really about just kind of exploring their futures rather than litigating their past. Um, uh, and, you know, getting to just kind of play around with their personalities and their voices and in in sort of the time honored superhero tradition, it's, well if you have hero a and hero b and you put them in the same room together how do they interact like what are the sparks that fly off of that what are the interesting unique combinations that you can do with them um and that's something that i've been doing a lot lately um uh, with my with, with, with my work um it's just yeah it's like you mash up the characters together and then you just let them go um and that's how you get you know Daredevil and Cloak fighting Devil Dinosaur. I don't think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a huge spoiler. Uh, that is the cover of our second issue. Uh, but uh, you know, like that sort of wild stuff. And it's great to have collaborators who are like, when I say, hey, we're gonna throw them in a gladiator pit. Could I put Devil Dinosaur in there? And being told, yeah, that sounds like fun, go for it. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a dream come true of an experience.
0: Is there a pairing on the team uh, you know, again, without trying to spoil things yeah. that has surprised you as the person writing them where it's like, did, did these two just become best friends?
2: Yes. Um, yes, actually. Um, <laughs> it Actually, it just happened in, in the script I just turned in last night um, that there was sort of a pairing that I didn't really expect it. And then it just kind of, you know, sort of swerved in out of nowhere. And I was just like, oh <laughs> yeah, those two, those two uh, 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 come together nicely. Um, I won't spoil that one, but I will say uh, a fun one that kind of crept up on me as the roster was coming together mm-hmm. um, is uh, Black Knight and Weapon Age. Uh, hmm. I, They're kind of, you know, the Beast and Wonder Man dynamic. Yes. Imagine yes. the opposite. <laughs> um, you know they they, they <laughs> um that's kind of their dynamic um you know just they, they 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 strike me as such opposites that it's it was very fun to keep throwing them together and like weapon h weapon h for those who don't under don't know him because he's a, he's the newest character out of out of everybody in the roster mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people give him a bad rap because they're like oh well, he's half hulk half wolverine you know is everybody out of ideas blah 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 um my thing is no it's don't think hulk meets wolverine think jason bourne meets roy kent
0: you had me at meets roy kent
2: yeah you know he's he's this guy who you know he's gotten all this training um you know he's he he's he's been kind of thrown against his will into the world of superheroes and he is not a fan of it um and it's one of those you know to 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 paraphrase Dante Hicks, um, he's not even supposed to be here today. Uh, You know, this is this, he would not be in this adventure if he could have possibly avoided it. But, you know, kind of circumstances let him here. And now he's sort of on this very dangerous journey that, you know, he might not ever see his family again. Um, And so he's not thrilled with that. And then he keeps getting thrown into the same world as this guy who loves being a superhero uh, who's kind of this like idealistic like optimistic thinker and meanwhile you've got weapon h who's like a trained soldier who's half hulk and half wolverine and doesn't even want to be here and so those are like some fun sparks um you know uh you know i i i subscribe to to the to, to the old school avengers rule where like they don't have to be friends um you know some of them can be friends and mm-hmm. some of them like barely tolerate each other um and watching those sparks kind of come off especially in our early issues where they're still kind of getting to know each other um that's some of the more fun elements I there's there's a joke like flash thompson is, is kind of a big trash talker in this book um okay. you know which makes sense you know he's a former high school jock bully um and if we keep the line, and you know, uh, to get into sort of the mechanics of it all, you know, you write lines, and then sometimes they change, you know, based on how the art comes in, or you know how much space you have for it. But if we keep it, it's probably, at least to me, the single funniest thing I've ever written. Um, it's him just like making fun of one of his other teammates, um, and so that's like that, watching those kinds of sparks fly. But it's yeah, the 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 partnerships really fun stuff. And there are there's one pair that I'm kind of kind of keep close to the vast because it's one that I, I I spend a good chunk of time kind of building up. And then um and then yeah there's another one in the the in the fifth issue just that just kind of like snuck up on me that I'm like, oh, those two really do fit together. Like they've got you know there's that that's where the continuity comes into play.
1: Mm-hmm. You know okay.
2: um is you say like all right, what are these personalities here? You know, uh, for example, you know, Cloak and Dagger. You you kind of get a sense of their relationship. They've sort of done their will they or won't they thing. You know, they've mm-hmm. been teenage runaways, um, but they've also kind of been ostracized by the general heroic community, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, like Cloak was Captain America's ride during Civil War. Um, they were sort of the the the, the critical linchpins during um, when the Dark Avengers uh, unveiled the Dark X Men and unveiled mm-hmm. Utopia back in the day. Um, you know what happens when like they got to deal with somebody like flash thompson who you know is just this cocky a-hole who like you know kind of baited you know walked his way onto an avengers team uh you know and 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 meanwhile you know like what's that response gonna look like how is electra gonna view somebody like black knight mm-hmm. for example where she's been an assassin and he's been, uh, you know, he's been a card-carrying Avenger. You know, is she gonna see him as like a little soft or is she gonna see him as like, oh, hey, like, you know, you've dealt with the Ebony Blade. I've dealt with the the, the, the resurrection of the hand. Like maybe there's some common components here. Mm. Um, that's some of the fun stuff that I've really enjoyed digging into with this series. And um, uh, I think, I, I hope that it'll be, um, it'll be fun for new readers as well as returning veterans.
0: You know, I, we, we, we keep bringing up flash Thompson. I've been reading to uh, my son is 10 uh, like the first, that first essential Spider-Man volume, like, you know, the old yeah. black and white compendiums. And so, you know, a lot of flash Thompson in that. And, you know, obviously they're all in high school then, but it's got, especially, you know, with, with Dick Co in the mix, this, this very like Riverdale, but nasty sort of thing (laughs) going on yeah so when i'm doing the voices flash always comes off like moose to me because he's always concerned about parker talking (laughs) to his girl liz allen uh and you know thinking about the evolution of the character you know talking like this now won't fit
2: yeah (laughs) he's he's a fun one um it's you know i i love it i mean it, it, i think you're right i think like he's somewhere in between if we're gonna put this on the archie spectrum he's yeah he's somewhere between between like moose and reggie you know um yes um yes.
1: that is a Where, combination
2: yeah you know um uh because like he doesn't quite like he doesn't quite have that innocent core that moose has mm-hmm. um you know he, he he's, he's he's a little bit of an asshole but like as, as we've gotten to know Flash over the years, like he, he's come by it honestly and he's lived enough life now that you're kind of like, all right, this tracks. Like now you see like he's a guy who's had a lot of stuff thrown at him and he's trying his best to just keep his head above water with all that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, he's, he's in certain ways, he kind of reminds me of Hawkeye a little bit you know, in the fact that like, he's sort of a little bit of the team irritant in a way. Um, you know, he's the guy who like, if there's ever going to be a fight getting picked out, out in the team, he's probably one of the top instigators. Um, but yeah, he, you know, it, it's, it, at the same time, I think like we get to see him rise to the challenge um, in some really interesting ways. And um yeah you know just he's a, he's a very layered character and that that i think that's part of the reason i like him so much is cuz it gives me so many different avenues to play with whereas somebody like for example electra electra to me does one thing really really well you know um she's sort of she's the batman of the team you know um i i have i've said that uh, she and conan are like the superman and batman of this particular group um, you know conan is all unstoppable muscle he's purely direct you know he hasn't met a wall that he couldn't break right through Electra's finesse she's technique she's intelligence she's the one who she might not be like she might not have multiple doctorates like Dane but she's the one who like puts the pieces together in, in the heat of battle fast so as we see with our sort of our uh, this rampaging death lock in the loose um, Electra is going to kind of be the one who has the first idea of how to maybe take them down, um, and I will say that's that that's probably one of my favorite issues uh, to date um, is is sort of Electra kind of being the de facto leader of this team and really kind of just just leading the charge and and what I think is a really cool way that like it it it, it uses continuity in a fun way. Um, but yeah, every member of this team has a role to play. And I think that was part of why I chose them, you know? Um, and uh, that was why it's an interesting process and I can go into it a little bit more later, but like picking a, a, a team roster on a book like this is like a totally different skill set that I've never done anything like this before. And you have to really think like, okay, who fits the mandate of this team first and foremost? who fits certain roles, you know, who's the, who's the battlefield tech tactician, who's the sort of the, 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 the thinker who can come up with the tech as needed, who's the bruiser of the team, who's sort of like the, 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 the energy caster, who's sort of the, the agile stealth fighter. And then you start kind of putting characters into those little baskets and figuring out like, okay, like how, you know, how does that affect the flavor and the tenor of this team? And then you sort of figure out like, okay, like I could go either way on this particular role. And then you find out, well, that guy is in another book. So all right, scratch him off. Can't use that. All right. This person is being used elsewhere. Is there anybody that kind of fills a similar role that doesn't feel too obscure? Um, and that you sort of, you're kind of, you're, 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 cooking that stew together. And then you sort of, you, you sort of let it percolate for a while. And you're like, was well, this a team that would look good together? Do they have different silhouettes? Do they have different powers? Do they have different histories? Do they have different personalities? And the answer is yes. Um, and that was sort of, you know, people people will probably continue to ask me, oh, was there anybody on the on the backup roster that you couldn't use? And, um, not really. I mean, you know, I feel I feel like it was a Rubik's cube, and I feel like I solved it. Um, and I feel like this team it clicks together in a really. I think a really satisfying way.
1: So, um, you just mentioned him briefly there, but Deathlock, who yeah. is somewhere in the past in this sort of anti hero type vibe, sometimes, sometimes villainous, is your sort of villain. Yeah, um, so- first, the I love the juxtaposition of ancient barbarian versus future cyborg. It, it makes sort of that perfect, perfect twisted sense. Thank you. Uh, is without spoiling. The plot answer to this, yeah, is there a reason out front where we know why Deathlock is suddenly hunting Conan, or is that sort of a mystery that's forwarding the book?
2: Sure. Uh, well, you know, it, 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 you know this. Is, you know, Deathlocks in general. You know, they they they're sort of they're the time cops now um you know as you see in Jason Aaron's run on avengers you know they, they they there's a whole army of deathlocks that are hailing from the very furthest point of the future um from from avenger prime's tower uh at the edge of time and um you know it's funny i i've i've wanted to use deathlock for a while um well, i've been emailing tom Brevoort since 2017 so 5 years now of emails with him and um the very first exchange that we had, he was like, oh, you know, what are things that you, who are characters that you're interested in? And first thing I said was Deathlock. Um, so it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, it, it comes down to the flexibility of the character. Um, you know, there's so much interesting stuff with, with Deathlock, both as a character and as a concept. You know, I, I grew up the, with the Michael Collins um, Deathlock uh, that, that Dwayne McDuffie came up with. You know, I, I grew up during the the the, the years of uh, Maximum Carnage, so this is sort of me dating myself a little bit. That's how I got to know Deathlock, and then kind of figuring out like, oh, you know, he's like a military cyborg zombie, but he's been kind of strapped to the body of this pacifist, and so you kind of, you know, it's sort of him figuring out like, well, how do I meet these two conflicting directives in the middle? Um, and then also, you know, you've got sort of the time travel element. He's a cyborg, so you can add all sorts of kind of nasty tricks to his his suite of technological uh, combat weaponry. Um, you know, it, there, there's so many fun things you can do with a deathlock. lock. Um, you can patch up all sorts of fun continuity stuff. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, that, that wound up becoming a, a, a really an instant pick for me. Um, it's funny because I... I had, I'd had this idea that I'd been sitting on for a long time of sort of, oh, what if you, what if you had Conan fight the Terminator? You know, I'd been sitting on that for years. I actually, I came up with the concept and I wrote like a very hard and fast outline. And then that next week Marvel announced that they had Conan. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I was kind of like, oh man, that's never going to happen. Whatever. I, you know, I'll put that in the trash and it goes to show always leave a folder of your of your graveyard stuff because you never know when you're going to come back to it. Um, deathlock felt like that perfect terminator kind of figure, you know. Um, he's a guy who he can kick ass, um, and you know, especially not all deathlocks are the same. And so, you know, this is sort of this was a really fun opportunity to kind of create a deathlock at his most badass, um, and and Really specifically, you know, the directive that I was thinking of was like, well, you know, it's one thing to have a Terminator, you know, where you have a killer cyborg against very, you know, mortal men and women. It's even enough to have a Terminator fighting against Conan one-on-one. Um, you know, he's still, you know, he's, he's, he's the pinnacle of human potential, but he's still human. How do you have a, a, a single character who can take down a whole team of superheroes? And that was sort of, that was really the big challenge I had for our first issue. Um, is like, all right, we're going to show Deathlock. How are we going to make him kick ass? (laughs) And so he's got some really, he's got a neat bag of tricks. Um, He's got a lot, he's got a real interesting degree of uh, of weapons and powers and abilities that all kind of come together to make him this like really formidable uh, hunter. And uh, yeah, you know, he's, like I said, you know, the Deathlocks are time cops. And so he has been sort of sent Uh, Conan's not meant to be here. He's not meant to be in the modern Marvel era. And so, uh, you know, he has been charged with uh, crimes against the time stream and Deathlock has come to erase him. And so it really kind of, it is the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Uh, You know, Deathlock is not gonna be deterred from his his quest of sort of making things right uh, because, you know, Conan's messed with time and time's gonna mess right back. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Conan of course wants to live and that's where the Savage Avengers kind of get caught in the crossfire. Um, you know, as, as Deathlock and Conan's initial meeting starts to kind of spill over into the general public. Um, and so, and sort of, these are the heroes that might not have been chosen, but these were sort of the heroes that happened to be able to, 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 to stand and answer the call. And, um, yeah, that's gonna sort of send them on a journey very, very far from home. Um, Conan is gonna learn you can't go home again. And uh, so we're gonna have these, these heroes um, as, as the ultimate fish out of water uh, as they find themselves stranded in the Hyborian Age. And they're gonna have to try to fight their way back. Um, so it's, it's, it's very fun. Um, and it really, get, you know, um, getting to know the Hyborian Age, um, you know, working with Conan properties um, it's been really fun because you're kind of like, all right, like there are certain archetypes um, and, and certain staples of the sword and sorcery genre that you want to throw in there. And then there's like this whole detailed history uh, of Hyboria uh, of, of that you sort of get to pepper in there. And so it, it really adds some fun stuff while kind of reminding this unofficial team of Avengers, like, who are they? Like, what, you know, why are they here? Why are they doing this hero business in the first place? and sort of forcing them to kind of confront the, the, the devils on their shoulders with hopefully their own better angels. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, not all angels are created equal. So uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, the Savage Avengers, they, they still may pay, pay, pay their, 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 their fair price uh, for, for survival.
0: Okay. So uh, how are you expecting to spend May 4th? <laughs> when this book comes out is that going to be a day where you're you know on social media all day sort of looking for those reactions or is that a stay the hell away from social media day no day? or I'm just excited. another day
2: of writing <laughs> uh no i'm excited uh you know i got two signings uh planned uh, i'm gonna be signing at uh, golden apple comics uh right down the street from me um in los angeles uh you nice. know uh the the for the first part of the day and then i will be Signing at uh, the Comic Book in Manhattan Beach—that um, uh, was sort of the the first shop that ever welcomed me as a as a as a budding comics creator um, during the evening—and um, then yeah, beyond that, I will be on social media. I you know I, I, no tweet at me like I want to I want to know what you guys think uh, of this book. Um, it's been a long time coming, um, you know, and, and and there's so many. I feel like I've learned so much as a writer, uh, particularly for this industry, uh, working on Savage Vengers. Um, you know, it's made me, I think, a, 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 better, faster, stronger, uh, more nimble creator because I love my creator homework and don't get me wrong. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I, I mean, I'm still working on the OZ, um, Grand Theft Astro. We're uh, getting some nice artwork in on that. Um, I have another original series that, uh, will hopefully be announced in the next few months. Um, so like, I'm not, I'm not leaving original properties, uh, anytime soon, but, um, it's so easy to kind of just like tinker. You keep tinkering, um, and uh, well, you know, like I, I'm proud of the work that I've put out. You know, I, I, I don't want my collaborators to throttle me, and um, you know, working at Marvel, it's been very much like they've given me a lot of latitude. When things need to get changed, we, we we're, they've been very good at changing them, but you know, there's a timetable. This is a monthly book. Uh, you know, we have to get we have to get scripts in. And um, and so I, I I think that's been part of the the appeal of this series for me, you know, as I've 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 locked in a lot of scripts already, um, and and so far so good. Uh, people seem to like them. Um, and uh, but at the same time, it's sort of you know, there's the occasional curveball that I've been thrown that you're sort of like, okay, this thing that you thought you could do, you can't do it anymore. Um, somebody else is kind of either the punch or somebody is using and doing an idea just like that or using a character just like that all right how do you pivot how do you pivot in a way that like you still feel like you're kind of giving it your all and you still feel satisfied both as a reader and as a creator and uh marvel has been like the really just the, the perfect boot camp for that um and working with these editors has been the perfect boot camp for that and i think that's really helped me on some of my other work at marvel um including um um, Electra, Black White, and Blood. Um, I just did a story with Electra uh, invading the the Red Room um, and fighting uh, Natasha Romanoff uh, as an early Black Widow, um, and uh, my upcoming uh, Moon Knight story and uh, Moon Knight, Black White, and Blood, um, which I think I'm in the second issue that's coming out. I believe in June. Um, sure. You know, and uh, yeah, it's just been it's been a really incredible experience. I, I, I it's you know, I've been a comics fan my whole life. Um, you know, I can tell you, you know, I remember my first Marvel comics because those are the first books I ever had. Um, you know, that Amazing Spider-Man 346, I think it was. Um, it was the issue before Spider-Man and Venom wind up on the island. Um, that's sort of that's the issue where that's where it started. Uh, that and in, uh, Infinity War number two. Uh, that was when I realized like all these heroes knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been a Marvel fan my whole life, and. It really feels like faith rewarded in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I know that like it's it we're living in a crazy world. And I know that like the bigger the business, you know, the 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 more obstacles there can be. I mean, they say any comic that comes out is a miracle, let alone a good one. And you know, I, I think that that sort of when you're dealing with like a an entity as big as Marvel, you start thinking like, wow, like that batting average is incredible. And um, I feel really grateful, you know, I, I'm so happy to kind of be able to add just a couple bricks to the house of ideas. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope to continue doing that, um, you know, uh, so far, if, if, if my working relationship with my editors is any indication, I, I, I hopefully will be there for a little while. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm writing Savage Avengers like it's the last superhero book I'll ever write because one day it will be. Um, and uh, I, I'm gonna leave it all out in the field on this one. And uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time. If I had an Avengers series, what would I do? And uh, it finally paid off. So I've, I'm, I'm excited for y'all to get to read it.
0: Right on, and uh, and we're excited as well. Uh, we did get a few, uh, a, a couple uh, Twitter questions. Yeah, hit me. Uh, uh, but uh, the one that I want to go with, uh, I'm going to need to share my screen for a second. Uh, listeners, bear with me uh, on this audio medium while I show David a picture. Our, our good friend Asimov Fangirl asked, is there a possibility Conan would wear his amazing outfit for this amazing outfit from What If on your run?
2: Uh, that's very funny. The, no. <laughs> uh, 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 that's very funny. The answer is no. Um, um, Honestly, like, it's one of those things, if I wasn't sending them all to the Hyborian age, if I ever had an opportunity to do something like that, I probably would Is just a bear. They're not going to be in the, in the present long enough for me to give him a costume change. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so no, but thank you for the idea. Uh, if I if I had the opportunity to do it, I 100% would. And um, now I'm going to be like spending the next few scripts thinking like, I can't fit Conan in that outfit, but can I fit anybody in that outfit? Like even as like a background <laughs> detail. So this is, this is, yeah, this is why they shouldn't have let me on the internet is because now I'm just going to be thinking about this all the time. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that question. Uh, the answer uh, I guess is uh, no plans currently dot, dot, dot.
0: <laughs> so, so listeners, I'll just, I'll just describe this panel for you. It's from a 1970s. What if story by uh, I think Roy Thomas, mm-hmm. Guild Kane, maybe I'm not sure. Anyway uh conan is in a all white three-piece suit with a uh black uh dress shirt unbuttoned down to the chest with like a gold medallion in the middle very uh you know john travolta and saturday night fever but with like a leopard print fedora and also he's walking a tiger and he's at a woman's door to like pick her up for a date
1: john brissima
0: thank you matt i appreciate that thank you
1: I love it, and
2: that is the sort of stuff that I would love to throw in to, the, to a script like this. Uh, we'll see if I ever find the opportunity. If I do, uh, uh, thank you for the inspiration.
0: <laughs> Did not want to uh, re- uh, wrap this up without talking about the OZ, uh, yeah. which you mentioned before. Uh, the uh, end of last week, I think, as we're recording this, Kickstarter backers received their digital copies of, uh chapter two, parts three and four uh, this is your your war comic take on the land of Oz alongside Ruben Rojas, Whitney Coger and uh, DC Hopkins. Um, so you're you're in fulfillment mode right now yes. for all of this stuff you know how does it feel to be able to put that baby to bed as this big Marvel pro? Well, I mean you're already in it but you know from yeah. a reader standpoint it's wrapping up or are they actually overlapping too much and your head is spinning? <laughs>
2: No, it's it's. I'll be doing a lot of fulfillment at night. Um, uh, you know, we're, we uh, we are in the process of sort of getting the last production stages together so we can send it to the printer this week, and then um, you know, with paper shortages, I don't really know what the timetable is going to be for that. So I have sort of see, I have told myself that's a little bit of tomorrow, David's problem. Um, but I uh, yeah you know I thankfully I've moved since my last Kickstarter, so like I have I, I'm in a bigger place um Ruby's a little older so like we're not going to be like having to like worry about her with the kickstarters um yeah you know it's funny i it's one of those things like on the one hand i i wrote the series so far back i i i, I wrote that series before i finished scouts honor so it's been it's been ready for a while it's just you know it, art takes a while and we're in a pandemic and there's just you know there's a lot of stuff that 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 has to be navigated uh, by by the team, just in terms of life uh, in a pandemic. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't think I'll ever feel it fully feel like I've put that thing to bed until our last chapter is done. Uh, we've got another double sized installment that I'm hoping to do a, a the Kickstarter for um, later this year, uh, probably like around October, maybe uh, if if we can hit our marks with it. Um, but uh, I am really glad that it, that it's, that it's, this part is done. Um, I think it looks, it looks tremendous. Um, hopefully the writing stacks up to it. Um, but I, I feel like the OZ, it feels like the best creator on project I've ever done. Um, and, and I think I love Spencer and Locke. that's my baby. It's the book that got me a career, but I feel like the OZ perfected the formula a little bit. Um, you know, it's sort of, we, we, we increased the scale. We, um, I think we, I think we hit the tone even better. Um, I think, uh, the stakes are higher. Um, I think it's more accessible in, in, in a lot of ways. And so, um, I couldn't be prouder of, of, of our, 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 team, uh, Ruben Rojas, Whitney Kogar, DC Hopkins. Um, you know, uh, we, we, we won a Ringo award for our first issue, um, uh, uh back in October. And, um, it felt all the sweeter knowing that, you know, we did this on our own. We didn't have a publisher's backing, uh, you know, uh, and we kind of did this on our own steam and um, it, it, it has succeeded in every possible way that I could imagine. And um, I, I just want to thank our Yellow Brick Road Warriors for, you know, just their their patience um, and support, you know, as, as the, the, the series has come together. Um, I know it hasn't been as, as fast as, as, as I would have liked. Um, but like, I think the end product I hope will speak for itself. Um, and so, yeah, um, it'll be interesting kind of juggling fulfillment, um, on top of writing a script a week. Um, but, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, like I said, bigger place, more calm puppy, uh, I'll going to be inviting a lot of friends over for pizza and beers and packing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we will have everybody's rewards in uh, as, out as soon as humanly possible, given the, the, the paper shortages and supply chain issues. Uh, but uh, I, I hope that when people read the PDFs, at least they'll know we've been working very hard on this book
1: and uh, uh, the best is still to come. So having read said PDF, uh, I have to say, uh, Jack, Pumpkinhead, Th- there's a very intentional question mark, uh, a Spider-Man homage there oh, between yes. him flying <laughs> around on a goblin glider and looking like Jack o' Lantern.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I was like, you know, again, you want to think of different roles for different characters. And you know, Dorothy's sort of the the the, the tactician and and sort of the both a gunfighter and a sniper. Um, you've got sort of your tank with the, with the Tin Man. Um, you've got kind of your agile stealth fighter with the Prince of Lions. And I was just like, well, Jack is sort of, he's the mercenary, you know, he's, he's he, I, the voice that I kind of used was, uh, I, I borrowed a lot from Taskmaster uh, from, from Marvel, who's one of my favorite Marvel villains. And then, yeah, I was just like, well, we need, we need somebody who, who's got sort of the air superiority and I was just like, well, it's gotta be Jack, I guess. And so, yeah, we gave him kind of his own glider and his own pumpkin bombs. I mean, uh, Sam Iroz, um, uh, uh, who drew the pride, he did one of our variant covers that was a, a specific homage um, to uh, what cover of Spider-Man was that? Um, but it was, hold on, I'm gonna Google this right now. Um, it was an anniversary cover by Sal Bushima. I'm just trying to remember which issue it was. Um, I feel like I got to turn in my, my fan card. Uh, it was spectacular Spider-Man 200. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I immediately, I, I, you know, Sam and I have been friendly for a while. we met at Baltimore comic-con a few years back and I was like, listen, buddy, I got an idea and I think you might be perfect for it. The Prince of lions versus Jack Pumpkinhead, And it's just a spectacular Spider-Man 200 homage. Um, and, uh, you uh, nailed it. You did a fantastic job with that. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, I you know I wear my influences proudly on my sleeves for these things. Um, you know I feel like life's too short to to, to play it that cool, uh, especially uh, when you're writing comic books for a living. Um, so yeah, uh, it's sort of it's it's sort of maybe it's my 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 way of embracing my own mortality is just knowing that well. Maybe I'll play it chill in like literally any other element of my life, but when it comes to my writing, nah. Like, like, <laughs> let's just let's just go for broke and have as much fun with this as humanly possible, uh, because that's the only way I get to really sleep at night as an author. Um, uh, and yeah, having having that Green Goblin homage and that, I was just like, yeah, that's super fun. And Ruben did a tremendous job with it. Um, uh, he really dove into that character nicely and. Uh, uh, we'll get to see uh, Jack uh, stretch his legs a little bit more in the next issue.
1: Yeah. When, speaking of Ruben, and yeah. I'm trying to avoid any spoilers for anyone who hasn't read their PDF or is only, you know, waiting for but the But if you haven't, read copy. it now. Uh, <laughs> there's a Cerberus creature in there, and yes. that is a design out of nightmares, Yes. How much of that was in the script? And how much of that was just you saying, hey Ruben, draw the most fucked up looking monster you can and go. That to was town. Ruben.
2: That was all Ruben. Um, you know, it, it was one of those um a little you know, it's funny. Um the, the introduction of Cerberus in, in that was actually a last minute edition. Um I had I had written um I had written it originally as a dragon. And then um, I realized later on that I had a flashback with a dragon, another dragon, and so I was like, okay, we got to change that. Uh, you know, too many dragons in this book, and so I just was like, Cerberus. That's it. That's all I wrote in the script, <laughs> and that's what Ruben delivered. And I was just like, whoa, that's gnarly. I love it. Like, like, like he he is uh, such a talented designer. I really can't say enough good things uh, about Ruben Rojas and 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 his award winning talent. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, I think in, in, in previous interviews, but um, you know, when I pitched him, I had no idea what he was into, but he was like, oh, I love um, uh, uh, fantasy and post-apocalyptic stuff. And so I pitched him, I pitched him actually, it was so funny. I can now say this. Um, <laughs> I had pitched Ruben on um, Grand Theft Astro, the O.Z., and what had been a creator own pitch for my uh, for my terminated uh, Conan versus Terminator series. Um, and uh, which then became, wound up becoming Savage Avengers. So, um, you know, it's it's funny how these things work out, but yeah, Ruben uh, was like, oh yeah, the OZ, that sounds really great. And it wasn't until like a year in that I realized like those were his favorite genres. And so he's really just, he's leaving it all out in the field on this book. And um, uh, he, he and Whitney Kogar, man, like Whitney told me that she thought that this issue was some of the best work of her career. And I, yeah, she was right. Um, Just really tremendous, spectacular work from her and uh, couldn't be more, more, more pleased with what she's done. So um, yeah, feel very fortunate to have worked with all of them.
1: I imagine that seeing sales numbers roll in on a book or is some kind of validation and, you know, good reviews are great. Yeah. But is there something different about a Kickstarter where it's not anonymous numbers or some snooty critic, I say self-deprecatingly, but six pages of actual names of people who backed the book that feels warmer?
2: Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, it's funny for me. Um, I always saw it as it was, it was that number on the Kickstarter, you know, where it was kind of like, how many people do we have on here? And and also just seeing, you know, how you also could get to kind of gauge how intently people are are excited about this. You know, I mean, because there are some people who and, and I love all of them, you know, there's some people who are like, I just want the comic. That's it. I just want this one comic. And then there are people who are like, I haven't heard of you before, but I'm so invested in this idea. I'm gonna buy everything you've ever written. Uh, you know, and that's like that's that's a unique experience that it's very hard to replicate in the direct market, um, especially when you're when you've come from like the very indie trenches, like I have. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I, um, yeah, you see that number, and you're like, man, like almost a thousand people. And once you get like the the backer kit orders on the back end, you're gonna be like, more than a thousand people have have done this thing that I, I created in my living room. You know, um, that's really spectacular it's funny you mentioned the six pages of backers at the end though because that's the part that stresses me out um because i i made those pages i i I made those those backer pages and um (laughs) we had a couple technical hiccups on the first oz kickstarter then i then had to like update like we missed like a column's worth of names Mm -hmm. and so for me that was like pure stress where i was just like okay i have to do six pages of this and like are they in the right order have i missed anybody did everybody fill out their Backer kit survey. Uh, so uh seeing those six pages, it's like a combination of like lingering stress, but also relief that it's out there and nobody's complained yet. So hopefully everybody's cool with it. Um, um but yeah, I I just uh it's really it's it's a wonderful feeling. I I have said um you know I will continue to do crowdfunding uh for as long as, as there is a viable platform to do so. Um, you know, and I, I think it's just it's it's a really wonderful way of building up that fan base um, and, and really getting to interact with them and I think in a very personal and direct way that it's hard to do even in you know even on Twitter, you know um, And I've, I've loved the fans that have reached out to me about Savage Avengers and I, 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 I've always said my goal is to sort of bring those two groups to the same table. Um, you know I, I think as a comics writer, it's incumbent, to sort of try as many different things as possible. You know, I'm excited to, you know, I've got something in the works right now that like is targeting a little bit more of a digital crowd that um, I'm, I'm hoping will will get a different type of readership. Um, I, think, I think that'll be, I think we'll be able to talk about that more later in the summer, um, you know, and then having that Kickstarter contingent, having the Marvel contingent, having the people who have come for my original work, um, you know, uh, another original series coming later this year. Um, I'm hoping those all kind of come together and sort of more and more and more people play nice with one one another. Um, And uh, Kickstarter feels like the cornerstone for all that. So I I don't plan on leaving the platform anytime soon. Um, It feels like the best and most viable platform that exists currently. And I know that there is a lot of concern about some of their policies coming up, particularly about sort of their 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 crypto related stuff. I, I that is something I always plan to opt out of as much as humanly possible. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not on the NFT train by any any stretch of the imagination, um, but uh, I do see there's a community there that I think is difficult to replace, um, you know? And I, I think, I think, um, I want to be there for readers where there are readers, um, and and uh, for now, Kickstarter feels like the most viable place to do that. Um, but you know, if other platforms arise that have that kind of cultural footprint, you know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm platform agnostic, uh, you know, in that, in that <laughs> regard. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just you know, I I couldn't be more grateful to our Kickstarter backers. Um, I really feel like if it wasn't for that Kickstarter, I don't know if I'd still be writing, to be honest. Um, That really kind of gave me a much needed boost when I really needed it the most um, in in, in my career. And I feel like that Kickstarter and that project, you know, that kind of helped me as far as Scout's Honor was concerned. Um, You know, Scout's Honor was in the works, but like, you know, coming off of a successful Kickstarter with that, like it felt, you know, it, it helped. Um, and I think that ultimately kind of helped me get on Marvel's radar. Um, you know, I know, I know, you know, um, Tom and CB, they read the OZ and they seem to like it. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I want I want listeners to know if you're like an aspiring creator, um, there's a viable way to do this that doesn't require a publisher Involvement. You can be the publisher. You can really empower yourself if the story is of professional quality, and you're not getting bites, or you don't know how to go about getting bites. There are worse places to go than uh, than self-publishing it on, on, on Kickstarter. I think it's a it's a really it's a way to make making comics more viable and in, in at a time where it's it's harder than ever. How much harder is it
0: getting to answer? The question about Spencer and Locke three,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah, Um, it's 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 hard, you know. There's um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we're sort of that's that's in the air, as -hmm. far as Spencer and Locke is concerned. Um, You know, I there's only so much I can say. Um, Of course, you know, I I, um, suffice to say we wouldn't have gotten to this point if there had been any other better options you know um it's just you know i i I hope to have that book back in our hands um and i think a lot of other creators are in a similar boat right now sure um Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of reasons for that that uh, i i you know it's not it's not for me to get into in, in in a public forum gotcha um but you know I wanna tell that third volume, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's sort of, it's out of my hands right now. Um, hopefully hopefully we'll have some resolution um, that is, you know, that everybody likes, um, but uh, you know, it came to a point where the book would not be able to continue in the current, under the current stewardship, mm-hmm. uh, um, in a way that was equitable to the creators involved um and so you know uh, uh I, I i feel like i feel like the the, the documentation is public so if you're super yeah. into it you can you can <laughs> dig into it but um yeah i think i think our reasoning kind of speaks for itself and and uh, you know but I, I it is a story that i i would love to continue um it's just uh you know um it's it's going to be kind of a wait and see yeah. Um, you know, um, but I, I, you know, mercifully, I've been I've been very busy um, uh, uh, over the last uh, nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, if you if you want more of that Spencer and Lock itch, you should definitely be checking out the O.Z. Um, it's sort of our, 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 our fantasy post-apocalyptic cousin uh, to Spencer and Locke. But, you know, our our creative team. Uh, is very excited to kind of get back into it. It's just right now uh, under the current stewardship, we can't. Um, um, and, and there's a, a variety of sort of moral and, and principal reasons why we can't do that. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'm gonna say never say never. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, things will, will 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 work out in the way that I hope they do um, in, in a way that I, I think is fair to me and co-creator uh, George Santiago Jr. Um, uh, but until then, um, uh, stay tuned, true believers, uh, as soon as we have news to share, uh, we will absolutely share it.
0: Thanks. Uh, you know, thanks for that. And, you know, the, the important thing to, to keep in mind here is, is as, as we've been talking for the last hour and change, you got plenty of, plenty of stuff
2: going, right? Plenty so. of stuff, plenty of stuff going. And, um, I will say, uh, there's a component to Spencer and lock three that I have, that I had planned at the jump that actually kind of will account for the distance in time between volumes two and three. Um, So it actually will kind of make sense if, and when it ever sees the light of day.
1: Cool. Cool. Cool.
0: So uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's cool down uh, a little bit here. Uh, What
2: what are you reading right now? Oh boy. Um, So yeah, you know, um, obviously I've been keeping up with a lot of my Marvel stuff uh, just Mm -hmm. to make sure like I want to know what everybody's up to um, just so like, I don't, Bump heads with anybody, Um, uh, you know. uh, I'm loving the the return of Krakoa. Um, You know, Jonathan Hickman's X Men run. I've said this many times in many interviews, but that uh, House and Powers of X that got me through the pandemic. You know that that X Men run I think is so ambitious, and I think it the 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 scope um, and and the the diversity of tone, but still the uniformity of voice across such a wide number of books. I think that's such a uh, just such an incredible thing. Um, you know, I, I think uh, anybody in the, that X-Men office, you know, give them a medal. I, I, I really am enjoying that. Um, so, you know, when I heard Hickman was leaving, you know, I was, I was brokenhearted. Um, uh, but seeing Kieran Gillen and, and Al Ewing really step up as, uh, you know, as, as the logical successors to that. Um, you know, Immortal X-Men, I thought was fantastic. I just read, um, X-Men Red, um, really, ugh, so good um you know um tom taylor's stuff on um at, over at dc i just finished you know i just finished his work on dark ages which is great but um his dc work um you know it's funny i his biggest projects are always the things that like on paper i'm like i don't know buddy and then i read it i'm like oh this is great <laughs> like, like dark knights of steel um i was like oh this is dc's 1602 like okay i can i can i can wrap my head around that. Uh, his Nightwing run is really great, um, particularly sort of the ways, uh, I'm a huge Devin Grayson fan. Um, mm-hmm. She's kind of like the Rosetta Stone to a lot of my writing. And so seeing all the nods to that, I'm like, oh, it's a kindred spirit. Um, uh, that Texas Blood uh, mm-hmm. by, by Chris Connan, so good. Um, and such a nice guy to boot. I, I really like him a lot. Um, uh, my buddy, Rich Duick, uh, has a new Aftershock book, um, out, uh, The Ocean Will Take Us. Yep. Uh, I thought that was a really fun book. And I think a real departure from his is, you know, those who haven't read Rich's other work, uh, Road of Bones, Sea of Sorrows, like that's very dark horror, um, brutal horror. Um, this is like the best way I can describe it. It's, it is YA horror. Um, but like, it does not, it's not embarrassed by being a YA book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I told Rich when I read it, I said, this feels like a real departure from your work, but in a, in the best possible way, like this is, I think a way that I, I hope a lot more people will discover Rich's work. Um, uh, what else am I reading? Um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep up. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things I, I've been in a little bit of a scheduling glut this last month and thankfully I kind of just chipped myself out of. Um, where I was sort of juggling a different script on a different project every week. Um, mm. and That was a, a little bit of some mental whiplash that I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I've sort of gotten ahead of now. Um, but there's so much cool stuff going on. And then, you know, I'm, I'm reading, um, you know, I've been reading everything that James Tynan is doing um, mm. over um, on Substack, you know, I just reading sort of his insights on everything. His newsletter kind of came at the perfect time for me, Um, you know, especially his, uh, you know, he did sort of his, his, his column at his time on Batman. And this was sort of right when I was in the thick of putting together everything for Savage Avengers. So I was like, I think I was in the middle of like my second issue at that point when that came out. so. I was just like somebody else knows what it feels like, um, you know, like it, it you know, because I, I think so much of this process, it does feel like kind of you get thrown into the deep end, and that's part of the process. Is can you swim? You know, mm-hmm. um, this is not a this is not a place where 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 floaties apply, um, and 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 so reading that, it really felt like somebody gets it, like mm-hmm. somebody somebody's lived through what I've lived through, um, and 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 it made me feel. A lot less anxious about the, the whole process, um, and similarly, uh, what Grant Morrison's doing, um, you know, in their newsletter, um, you know, I've, Grant is spilling some tea, from what I hear. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm reading all that, and I'm kind of like, all right, like, it, it's it's it's, I think a, a very valuable uh, perspective to read um you know as, as a creator and as a writer and as somebody who who has a very different perspective at my time at dc which granted obviously my t- to my time is much more abbreviated than grants um but you know i got my start as a dc intern during batman rip and during final crisis so i feel like i'm kind of like all right like this is like it's good to know to to to, to learn all this stuff you, you know you you, you got to learn your history promise mm-hmm. um but uh yeah, you know. Um, beyond that, you know, I'm I'm just trying to kind of consume brain food a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Severance. Um, mm. I'm watching that on on Apple Plus. Love that. Um, fun fact: um, my during my Hollywood assistant days, uh, that was one of the scripts that I was sending to different production companies. Oh mm, uh, shit! Wow. Heroes and villains entertainment. So I seeing that sign uh, when I drive back from Ruby's daycare every day. I'm like. I, I played a very, very tiny role in that, um, uh, you know, I, uh, um, the after party um, on. Oh, on I watched that. That was good. Super fun. Loved um, it. You know, um, revisiting altered carbon. Uh, that's my, that's my treadmill watch. Um, <laughs> I love season one of, of, of altered carbon. It's, it's very fun. Um, uh, You know, I uh, saw the Batman dug that Um uh, took my partner out uh, for our California anniversary. Uh took her to see the uh, the lost city. That was actually fun. I really yeah, enjoyed that. I, that, that looked fun. good from the trailer. It looked yeah, fun, yeah. It was enjoyable. Uh, Channing Tatum, uh honestly, like he brings the best out of everybody. Um he is he is a, a stellar actor. Um I, I hope he's a good person. Um but uh yeah, you know, I, I think um boy, it's like I feel like I definitely missing somebody's somebody's stuff. Um, uh, and I guess I'll remember it after the interview and kick myself. Oh, task force. Uh, no, not, not I mean, task force is great, but I was gonna say DC versus vampires. Um, Rosenberg is, is killing it on that. I know, I know, I know that's a joint effort with him and Tynan. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just seeing things like Batman with, um, what it was, it was. It was, it was it silver fangs or wooden fangs, something that he like, he like bites a vampire. And I was just like, well, that's dope or no uh it was it was it was it was it, you know he had a he had a, a a kryptonite tooth or something like it was like a kryptonite like weapon hidden in his tooth and i was just like, well that's that's awesome that's that's why i read that
1: um, if you have the end of issue six is like holy shit yeah
2: right <laughs> like it's 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 really it's really something um And yeah, you know, I just, I feel like it's been an interesting time, you know, for the comics industry. And I think that, and I say that in in the best possible way, you know, I think, think, and this is just my pure speculation, but I think this is sort of where we're seeing the after effects of Substack. Um, You know, I think seeing that creator class go from Marvel and DC to Substack has Mm -hmm. sort of opened up the doors for creators like me um and i think and i hope that we'll be seeing you know you see people like like um, you know like danny lore and steve fox um you know and 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 rich Duick, you know who i think they're they're all starting to come up in 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 some really exciting projects and you see people like steve orlando who's just coming out of the gate swinging um uh, mm-hmm. you know routers uh is is superb um And uh, uh, I'm really excited to read as Spider-Man 2099. Um, But, you know, I think for me, selfishly as a, as a creator, but I think also it's a good thing for readers is this is sort of, I'm not going to say it's the forest fire that like has, 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 has sort of burned down like sort of the old establishment and new things are coming in its place, but this is the churn, you know? And I think that's, that is a part of comics that, I don't think we talk about a whole lot, you know, but like, it's one of those things, like there's only room for so many 30 year men in the business, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the way to have that churn is through a big disruption like Substack. And so I I think, um, you know, I think this is a great way for sort of journeyman creators like myself to kind of make that step up to the majors and maybe in a, at a bigger, at a bigger playing field than one would have expected five years ago, um, but I think I hope um, at least hopefully for me, you know, as somebody who's who loves the, the who loves the medium of comics and loves Marvel as a as sort of a universe as its own tapestry, I'm hoping that I can kind of rise to that challenge and be equal to it. Um, and so I, I, you know, I'm so grateful for you know not just the cosmic confluence of events that kind of got me to this place. <laughs> Uh, um, but also just for the, 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 editors who, you know, I mean, um, you know, Tom and CB and Ricky Purden, um, who they, they, they took a chance on me and, uh, and Carlos Magno, who agreed to do this project with me, um, you know, who, uh, you know, I, that's what I go to bed thinking every night is how do I meet this challenge and how do I prove myself equal of it Because it's not just my reputation on the line, Um, and I know you know it's not this is this is obviously not Marvel's only book. You know I don't think I don't think Tom Brevoort's reputation is gonna uh, rise and fall on on Savage Avengers. And and to be honest, I wouldn't even say Carlos. Uh, You know he's done enough great stuff, but I want to make sure that nobody gets a a black mark on their record because of me. Um, And so that's sort of the thing that you know it keeps me writing. Sometimes it keeps me up at night. Um, but I, I feel like, um, I was built for this and, uh, I I feel like if there's anything on this planet I was built to do, it was this. And, um, and that's the thing that kind of gets me through any anxiety, gets me through any stress, gets me through any deadline crunch is, um, I wouldn't, I couldn't be good at anything else. Um, and so, uh, by God, I better be good at this.
0: Well, I think that's that's an excellent note to uh, wrap on. David, uh, final question. How can people follow you online and, and keep up with Savage Avengers and, and everything else that you're doing right now?
2: Absolutely. Well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PeposD. It's my last name first initial. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook at David Pepos Comics. Um, or uh, the best thing is uh, if you subscribe to my newsletter, Pep Talks, that's at bit.ly slash pepnews. Um, that's where I'll be sort of doing all, all sorts of like behind the scenes. You know, I'll be any announcements that come out, I'll be sharing them through that. Uh, so definitely subscribe to pep talks and, uh, beyond that. Um, yeah, just follow me on Twitter and, uh, you'll get to see lots of puppy pictures.
0: <laughs> well, again, we're doing it for the dog.
2: David, thank you thank you so much for coming back on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: That's it for this week's show. As a reminder, wmq and is part of ComicsXF, where you can find this podcast along with our sister podcast, Battle of the Atom, Chris's on Infinite Earths, and Bat Chat with Matt and Will, co-hosted by Matt Lazowitz and our bud Will Nevin. Uh, P.S. Matt and Will, sorry I made you read White Knight again. You can listen to wmq and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, and at ComicsXF.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQA at patreon.com slash WMQcomics, where a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, shout-outs on the podcast, and a free comic in the mail for my collection. A $2 donation gets you a slot in the Comics XF staff picks. A $3 donation gets you access to our new bonus podcast, Our Son Pete, a deep dive into the appearances of British mutant super spy Pete Wisdom, and a $50 donation lets you advertise on the show. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Match Club podcast, Robert Secundus from ComicsXF.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel's Spider-Woman series, Cat Purcell from ComicsXF, Liz Large from ComicsXF, Will Nevin from ComicsXF, and Asimov Fangirl, a.k.a. the loyalist content consumer. You can follow wmq on Twitter at WMQComics, me at Daniel P. Grote, Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013, and ComicsXF at ComicsXF. And until next week, remember, the Force Works character Century was apparently part of Combo Man.